investment. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a massive case, billions of dollars, yeah. 10 billion. I mean, that's just an unimaginable amount yeah, of money. Yeah, probably total at least 12 between the, yeah. the couple of settlements. And and for these filtration systems, I'm assuming they're just, they're going to be expensive to make oh, for them million, to create. Oh, multi-millions of dollars. Yeah. Like I said, it's a whole new system. It's not, the, the systems that have been used for other chemicals in the past aren't working for these. Yeah, I mean, that, I'm assuming that's kind of why they waited so long and they kind of need the slap on the wrist now yeah. to get moving on it. Um, but <laughs> at the same time, I think they would probably prefer to pay a few million to recreate it than 12 billion. <laughs> yeah. Prioritizing profit. Prioritizing prioritizing pro dangerous drug and product cases. Welcome back. Another episode of Prioritizing Profits, Dangerous Drug and Product Cases. Uh, another Wednesday, another show. How you feeling? Uh, well, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, we're getting a little bit of a late start, and I feel a little bit guilty about that because somebody, would be me, um, forgot to charge the cameras. So we got, <laughs> so we had to get those uh, charging, but it gave us an opportunity to go out and have dinner together um, and catch up because really we just kind of hop on these and I find out um, what's been happening with you for the past week kind of on here. So yeah. it's kind of kind of nice, but we are getting a little bit late start. So hopefully, hopefully we don't look too tired and we'll stay awake and yeah. rally through this. I think it worked out. I got myself a Celsius, changed it up from the usual sugar-free Red Bull. Um, Celsius actually they advertise it helps you lose fat. Really? I've never even heard of Celsius. Yes. It's uh, zero calories, zero sugar, or yeah, zero calories. Around there, 10 calories possibly. <laughs> 10, zero. Yeah, but it's uh, flavored, so it's a lot better, in my opinion, flavor-wise than uh, sugar-free Red Bull. But um, apparently, I didn't know this, is that when a lot of these, these drinks say that they're fat-burning, what it actually does is it makes you sweat. It gets your sweat glands going. And so, I mean, you, I guess technically you're losing weight. But it's, it's more water weight that you're losing. <laughs> so I, I, I'm, I'm not sure how it makes you sweat, but I think they're usually just packed full of caffeine. I'd be curious how much caffeine is in there. But I mean, that um, would certainly potentially raise your body temperature, cause some sweating and yeah. your metabolism, the whole nine yards. Yeah. I mean, my, my metabolism gets a little tired. So I get a little <laughs> kickstart late at night and get keep it burning throughout the night. All right. Well, we'll set to see how this works. I'll, I'll, I'll give you my opinion towards the end. Yeah. Uh, okay. But one thing that you did mention during dinner is that uh, you're planning on starting cross, not CrossFit, powerlifting. Yes, yes. So um, I, you know, I work out all the time. Um, have a little bit of a gym set up in my house, which actually I started. I don't even know if you know this, but I kind of started creating this gym um, when I was pregnant with you because I was like, all right, I'm having a kid, not going to get fat, not going to be able to get to the gym as as regularly. So I kind of started setting up my own. Um, and so I, I have always done, you know, done some weights and some cardio. Um, cardio is kind of out of favor these days. Um, but I do the weights and, you know, honestly, I think, and, and in the past, I've always done it more about it in an appearance perspective. You know, I wanted to, yeah. didn't want to be overweight. I wanted to be, you know, have my muscles look firm and all of that. Um, but at this point I really am interested in, in, um, in gaining some strength, building some muscle. Mm -hmm. Um, and partly just because, I mean, I, I do have osteoporosis. One of the things that you can, can do to, um, to help that is, is weight bearing exercises. Like I said, I do some. 
but I think I'd like to, to work on a little a little heavier weights. Um, and then powerlifting sounded kind of cool. Right? It does. It does have a fun name. Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know, can you see me being all super buff? <laughs> well, I think, you know, most people get into working out for aesthetic, you know, even though they right. say they want to be healthy. I'm honest. I said in the it, past, it was all about aesthetic. Me too. Me too. I mean, <laughs> uh, that that's definitely one of the big benefits of working out consistently. And I was uh, kind of surprised when you said powerlifting because I do have a lot of experience in the gym. I've wanted to be a personal trainer for a little bit. Um, but powerlifting was always something that I felt was very intimidating yeah. um, because it's like almost like deadlifting where it can be very risky if you don't have proper form. Right. Um, so I know that you have a personal trainer and uh, they're going to kind of show you how it's done. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm at, and, and so this is all new. I'm starting tomorrow. It'll be my first actual session, but I've met the trainer um, I actually, one of my husband's colleagues, um, who's a cardiologist here in town, actually, she competes at powerlifting oh, and really? she's older. She's like, uh, I'm not sure, like early sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, she's like, I, I don't know what her titles are, but she's done pretty well wow. locally competing. Um, and you wouldn't necessarily know it to look at her. I mean, she doesn't look, you know, like overly muscled up or something, yeah. but she's obviously extremely strong. Um, and so she recommended this place um, called Tucson Strength, which is kind of cool because it's in the old um, Chuck E. Cheese building where yeah. you and I spent many, many hours. That was my, that many was my hours. spot. That was my spot. I loved it. <laughs> it was kind of fun walking in there. I, I was like, hmm, do I smell that, that nasty pizza? Um, anyway, it was, so it was kind of cool. Um, so her name's Jess and I am going to start tomorrow. I know I'm going to be starting, um, basically just on form and that sort of thing, but, yeah. um, I'm kind of excited. I, you know, I mean, I think I'm doing it for the right reason this time. Yeah. Build some muscle, some health, some strength, all that kind of stuff. So that's my plan. Yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. Um, you know, never too late to start and it gives you a new new little hobby as well yeah. um, and something to work towards. I think it's, it's interesting that she competes, you know, even at her age, because I know that there is a very wide variety of different weight classes as well as, as age classes when it comes to um, lifting and powerlifting and everything around that. Yeah, I don't know much about it, but I, I'm going to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I don't know that I'm going to compete, but maybe I will. Maybe. I mean, who knows? Maybe you're a natural. It's a hidden talent of yours. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many people know what I look like, but I, I mean, I can look pretty scrawny at times. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm going to give it my shot. I'll, 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 I'll update you as we go along. We'll see. Either way, it's healthy. I yeah, think it's uh, yeah, pretty yeah, exciting. Yeah. Um, and you definitely have to give us some updates. I will. Something to keep me off the streets, you know. Perfect. Well, we can hop into kind of, you know, the show overall. We usually start with interesting cases in the news. What's been going on this week? Well, it's definitely some interesting things in the news. One thing which is um, really honestly horrifying and, and disturbing, and that, and it's something that we've talked about before, um, but it's come up again. And this is a product that was recalled a couple of years ago, and these are these boppy infant loungers. Yeah. Um, and we talked about it in the fact that there had been a number of infant deaths and they had been recalled. And we even talked about the fact that the, the problem is that these are being sold on the secondary market. Uh-huh. And so even though they've been recalled, they're still getting out there, they're being used. And now there have been two more deaths. Wow. Yeah. And so the, the C, C, CPSC, Consumer Product Safety Commission, um, is pretty worked up about this um, and is basically at this point blaming Meta, Facebook, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, um, and kind of putting their foot down and saying, you know, this is not okay yeah. that these products are being resold on uh, on Facebook. I'm sure there's other sites that that are selling it as well. eBay or Offer, Offer Up, 
Well, there may be, but what they're saying is that, you know, because they, they're, they're doing these searches and they've indicated that they've requested the removal of listings thousands of times to no avail. Wow. Yeah. And it says, let's say in the past year, CPSC has formally requested on average about 1,000 times a month that Meta take down listings for the boppy newborn lounger from Facebook Marketplace. So despite these requests, the sales are still happening. Uh And so basically what they're saying is like, look, this platform has the ability to, you know, however they do it, do these searches or, you know, that that these things should get tagged. And and as soon as somebody places something like this on the market for sale, that they should be aware of it and they should yank it. Mm -hmm. And that um, it's not okay that two more babies have died. Not okay. Um, and so, you know, it's, it, it's interesting. They've given him a, um, I say him, I mean, I guess Meta, not just Mark Zuckerberg personally. I don't think they personally told him this. But I think a deadline, oh, June 30th deadline um, to respond with the steps that it intends to take to prevent the illegal sales of recalled products. So they're saying, you know, not okay, you've got till June 30th, tell us exactly what you're going to do and how you're going to do it to make sure that this stops happening. Because, I mean, you know, babies can't keep dying. This is a product, yeah. the, the, the company that manufactured it recalled it two years ago. Yeah. We know it's a problem. So, um, you know, pretty crazy, really, like I said, I mean, you know, horrific that, that this is still happening. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it makes sense that they're going after the marketplaces at this point because the company has already recalled it. And- yeah, there's nothing else they can do. I yeah. mean, they'll give you, their money back. Um, they're not selling them. You know, what else can they do? Yeah. And one of the things that you mentioned is that you have to register your your device, whatever it may be, your product. And then that's kind of how they know to reach out to you and, and let you know that it was recalled. But uh, because it's going through these secondary websites, maybe once, maybe twice, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's just ne- nearly impossible for the company to keep track. Um, and I, I think it would be something relatively easy for these marketplaces to keep an eye out for. I mean, when it you're putting it seem like that you're putting the product name in the advertisement. I'm sure there's right. some that just say like you know baby baby lounger or something. Yeah. But I mean, even so, I mean, maybe they're just maybe in it, baby products need to be taken a closer look at. I'm not you know. Yeah. I mean, I, they've got tons of people on staff. I'm sure who know you know all the best ways to do this because they certainly know how to get people addicted. Yeah. So I would think they would know how to be like you know, stop certain products from being resold. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a super high bar. Yeah. And, and I think you're definitely kind of right with baby products, especially because it's so common, like you said, to, to, to resell, to, to resell, resell yeah. because they grow out of things so quickly. Yeah. Um, Limited time that you're going to mm-hmm. use them. And then they're just too big to fit on these bopper. You know, you, I had one for you. Well, not that exact brand, but <laughs> something <God>. similar. <laughs> Here you are and you certainly wouldn't fit in it now. I made it. But it, it is terrible to hear that two more... Um, babies have, have lost their lives and it, it's good that they're doing something about it. So if they don't by June 30th, what happens? Do they get sued or? Well, they're not going to get sued because th- this is the Consumer Product Safety Commission. Mm. So I don't know if they will be assessing fines. Um, I'm not sure exactly what steps they could take, but I do think that, you know, for example, if if somebody um, does have a child that is injured or, or killed, this certainly opens up uh, meta to a lawsuit. Again, like we said, I mean, the, the company that produced these things have, has done what they can at this point, um, and this continued, these resales are happening through this this platform that, you know, as we're saying, they should be able to stop this. They should be able yeah. to, to stop it. So I think that really um, could put some serious liability on meta for, for injuries and, and deaths. 
It makes sense. And I mean, if they do go to fines, it's got to be some insane numbers for it's them to gotta, feel yeah. it at all. It's got to be something that they're going to feel. And yeah. so with Meta, you know, those are some pretty big numbers. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, we're going to I'm going to keep following this because it's, you know, like I said, it really, it really, really upsetting um, that this this keeps happening. And it's we've been talking about this a few times and here it is again this week. So it's yeah. a, a repeat, a repeat topic. Well, I'm glad it's not being brushed on the rug at the very no, least. No, absolutely not. Definitely not. You know, they're keeping an eye out and they're, they're trying to make some proactive changes to prevent that from happening. Yeah, yeah. So what else? What All else right. What on? else? Well, um, another very sad case, but it was something that um, I thought was very was uh, was certainly worth bringing up, and, and I suspect that you're going to have some some input into this topic um, as well because it's a subject somewhat near and dear to your heart. Um, you know, there have been a number of cases over the years involving fraternity hazing deaths, where yeah. um, on college campuses they're providing alcohol and, and really like encouraging students to drink excessively, um, not responding appropriately when they pass out or when they're really in distress. Um, and there have been a number of deaths um, through these incidents. And, and, and unfortunately, again, there's another one in the news um, and, uh, you know, another death in a fraternity from, uh, let's see, it looks like um, uh, the name was Fat Nguyen. I'm not sure how to pronounce yeah. that. We'll throw we'll throw the name up on the yeah, screen. Um, who was a junior at um, at MSU, and uh, he was a member of the Phi Alpha Phi fraternity. Um, and you know, it, it was one of these situations where they're initiating new pledges, and they were doing what's called like a blackout. I haven't heard that, but I guess a blackout event where the whole point is to get the pledges as drunk as fast as possible so that they black out. And then the theory is that they, when they come to, they're reborn as members of the fraternity. (laughs) I mean, it's an interesting story behind that or is that something that you had heard of or no, I mean, um, it sounds like one of those religious things, you know, where you baptize somebody and you dump, dunk them under the water and then they come up and they're reborn or something. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is not, I mean, obviously not that similar. But. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, for just for some background as well as, you know, I, I was in a fraternity in college and, and when I was in the fraternity, I was uh, BDD. So that was Brotherhood Development Director, uh-huh. which um, essentially is Pledge Master. You know, not only would I be planning Brotherhood events, but whenever we did get new classes of, of individuals, they would, I would be responsible for them and, and take full responsibility for anything that okay, happened. Okay, that sounds it. scary. I didn't think I knew you were taking full responsibility for everything. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of liability. And oh, I'm, it was I'm, a lot I'm, of liability. I'm kind of like brushing the sweat off my brow, yeah. like, whoo, shoo, I don't know the bullets that we dodged. Although I did, it doesn't sound like there were ever big incidents with no. your fraternity, certainly while you were there. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that I think pledging overall kind of gets a bad rap, but at the same time, it gets a bad rap for a good reason. It's because people just take it too far. And I mean, they just do some absolutely insanely dumb and obviously risky things and illegal and illegal you know i remember there's one about some kid losing i i uh, losing his vision uh because they were dumping eye hot sauce in his eye oh my god and it's just like insane and so we never did anything like that um you know one of the reasons i do kind of think that there is a reason behind hazing is very similar to the military like you know trauma does bond people together in a very short amount of time and if you're really trying to build these close connections something more than just a club that you can see every single you know any day um if you want to build those connections in a short amount of time you really got to put in the work and that you kind of have a unique approach to it um so you know hopefully we don't want to traumatize these kids but at the same time you know difficult situation team building activities knowing that you know this sucks this sucks a little bit a lot of workouts but you know this sucks but this guy in right next to me he's going through the same thing he has the same he's he's feeling the same thing in his head and the same thoughts 
but you know, both of us are doing it together, which makes it a little bit better. And, and it shows, you know, you feel like you really want it, you know? Right. And, um, yeah. so, so we didn't do, uh, I mean, one of my big things is we didn't do drinking, you know, we just did not incorporate drinking into the actual hazing. I mean, they're more than welcome to drink at parties and at events and whatnot, but there's never any kind of forced drinking. Okay, that's um, really, that's very good to hear. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so risky because everyone has their different limits. I mean, there was kids in my fraternity that could throw down like half a bottle of Fleshman's and, and be okay. You know, they could survive. There's, there's other kids. <laughs> well, relatively speaking. <laughs> yeah, relatively. There's they other felt kids. like crap the next day. But... Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But they're troopers. Uh, <laughs> other kids that would take, you know, one swig and they would just be out. They'd wow, be, okay. I mean, sloshed. So uh, I think there's, there's a, a balance there. Yeah. Well, yeah, I did actually did a little bit of reading up on that too, kind of because because there are a lot of positives to the whole fraternity. Well, to the, obviously to the whole Greek life, but they were saying that the you know that there's a, a fine line between um, you know kind of this hazing and initiation and bullying mm-hmm. um, and and abuse, and that you know people you know you want to work really hard and, yeah. and suffer a little bit, you know, make sacrifices yeah. and that sort of thing, and then talking about all the things like you know having to clean up the fraternity house and things like that that aren't going to hurt you. I mean, can be very unpleasant, like cleaning toilets. And I mean, yeah. you think about these things like with pledge or, or like you said, with the military also, where they have to do like the really, you know, shit things yeah. for a while. But that, again, it, pro- it kind of proves their loyalty and it, it you know, it, it makes it, you know, somehow that it's worth it, that they, they've worked hard to, mm-hmm. uh, to be initiated. It's not like an easy thing. If everybody can be in and, you know, with the snap of their fingers and what's really the point. So I, I certainly get that and that it, that it, it really does provide for some good bonding and that kind of brotherhood or sister situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, once you start uh, in injuring people, um, forcing them to drink, I mean, and, 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 you know, some of these stories involve, you know, somebody be very drunk, they fall down the stairs. And there's always, not always, but a lot of times you hear this, this that the situation is that they delayed, you know, they were, oh, he's fine. And they mm-hmm. don't get him to the hospital. They don't get medical care. And that yeah. that's why then people end up dying. Um, and so, um, you know, so, so they have pretty strict rules about that now. And, and there are, I mean, you can have criminal charges. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and there have been uh, fraternity members who have done time yeah. um, and should. Yeah. And, and and then, of course, there's the civil liability end of things also. And there can be, you know, a lot of people who are on the hook for that, including, you know, the fraternity itself, various members of the fraternity, presumably a BDD oh. or whatever that is. Yeah. Um, whoever provides alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um a lot, a lot of different, different potential defendants there. Yeah. And I, and, um, kind of going back to what you mentioned too, is, I mean, some of the things that they, that they do, or a lot of fraternities do, and one of my big rules, you know, was partially not drinking right during the events, but also nothing degrading. Like there's no yeah. benefit to like making someone feel like they're, they're a piece of shit like that. And that's what yeah. I think a lot of fraternities do. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's like the army where you, like you said, if you put in the work and you feel like you're really working towards something, it makes it so you, not only do you value mm-hmm. the organization more and your place within it, um, but also everyone else kind of sees it as well. Um, well, and they, they see how important it is to yeah. you and that you are willing to make some sacrifices and put up with some discomfort. Um, and I mean, kind of along those lines, um, I don't know if this would be considered degrading or uncomfortable, but I do know 
that um, you, before Thanksgiving, on the year that you were being yeah. initiated, had a little situation. I don't know if you want to talk about that. It was a shock to me. Yeah. No, it was. Um, so I rushed my first semester in college. And it's such a it's such a good thing to do in the first semester because you go and you don't know anyone. You're really nervous, you know, a little anxious going to class. It's difficult to kind of just start a conversation and get a good group of, of friends going early on. Um, and fraternity just gives that to you. You know, if you find a good group of, of guys that you vibe with, then you immediately have a, a collection of guys that you hang out with every single week, you know, several times a week, especially right, during right. Uh, ple pledging. Um, and it was near the end, usually pledging semesters last a full semester. And at the end, there's hell week. And Hell oh, Week. Okay, it was Hell Week when yeah. this whole thing went down. Okay. Yeah. So Hell Week is uh, just a, a full week where you ever usually the entire class stays in the same house, and I mean it's a ton of fun, honestly, because you're sleeping like shoulder to shoulder with guys on the floor, and and it, that doesn't sound fun. Well, no, but it, you know there's and, the, <laughs> and, and you know, bonding. And, yeah, the nights you know. are tough, but like going to class and coming back and knowing you just got like all of your closest friends just hanging out at the house okay, waiting for yeah. you and like there's times in between where you guys can just fuck around and do whatever uh but there's one night that uh you're given to your big essentially and he can kind of um you know haze you you guys can just hang out whatever you know, whatever it is um and I don't know why, but my big just thought it would be funny to shave my head. <laughs> funny? Or <laughs> actually, it wasn't even him. It was uh, someone else that I was really close friends with, with one, one of the actives. And uh, my big gave the okay. And so this guy just was like one night was pretty sloshed. And I was like, ah, oh, let's do it. You know, and I was always someone that wanted to kind of prove that I was, mm -hmm. I was, I was hard, you know, I, I wanted it more than everyone else wanted to be better than everyone else. And that's the only way you can really measure is like what you're willing to go through during that yeah. time. Uh, and so early, yeah, right away, I was like, okay, fine. You know, if that's really what I got to do, let's do it. Um, and so it was me and another kid that got her head shaved. At least he, me, he did a clean full shave. The other kid, he did a reverse mohawk. So oh. just straight down the middle. Oh. Uh, and he eventually had to get, you know, a real haircut to get it all that, all that done. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, it, it sucked, right? You kind of look like an idiot for a little bit. But even going to class, I would wear a beanie mm -hmm. because I didn't want everyone to see how I was skin bald. Like, it didn't look good. Uh, <laughs> I remember how shocked I was because when you showed up for Thanksgiving and I was like, you pulled off that beanie and, and your dad and I were both like, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it sucked, but at the same time, it kind of felt like a badge of honor. Like yeah, when I would go to class yeah. and, you know, people were like, oh, like, you know, how was your week or whatever? And I'll just like show a little bit of my scalp and they'll be like, wow, you yeah. fuck. Okay, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and every, all the actives too were like, holy shit. Wow. Like the, impressive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's physically you weren't injured and, um, you know, it sounds like you've had, you've had a good attitude about it and yeah. Yeah, no, I have, that was uh, a, a, a pretty intense memory for me. I wouldn't recommend it. You're not, you know, I like your hair. It looks, yeah. You look better with it. No, I don't think know. I would ever go back. Even when I got my head shaved and dyed it, I definitely didn't go skin bald. Because skin mm -hmm. bald just doesn't look good. And, unless you have to because you're losing your hair. It's, yeah, it's pretty yeah, hard yeah. to rock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, kind of for me, it was a good experience, and and I've heard a ton of stories, even at, at ASU, of other fraternities doing you know d dumb, just so dumb things. There's one kid that got thrown into a pool in a dog cage, and oh my god, yeah, 
Yeah, and he had to like find his way out. And apparently he dropped after that and reported it to the school and they, they got in a ton of trouble. But it's just like, just so clearly dumb and risky and scary things. Well, that, was that at ASU or just a story? That was at ASU. Oh my gosh. Yeah, a kid didn't die, but like he think he told his parents and the parents uh, reported it. Wow, and he I mean, and... so, uh, thank God he didn't die. But I mean, you could be scarred for life with something like that. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's like terrifying. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, they, and, and they're all lucky that, I mean, that's, wow. I, yeah, I haven't heard of anything like that. Yeah. And then there's, I mean, even there was things too where like, let's say there's a class of 20 and it'd be like the last day before everyone's initiated and they would throw 19 quarters into a pool and whoever couldn't find the quarter was just dropped they had to do it all like they would have to re-rush and do it all over again okay i can't really swim so that and i can't open my eyes underwater yeah. so i would have been screwed well it's just terrifying because you're like holy shit you know up my entire semester just went to a waste because i couldn't find a quarter oh, at night in a pool that sounds really sad that sounds yeah really well i mean we didn't do that but i've yeah. heard stories so yeah Huh. Well, I'm glad nothing like that happened. Um, just, you know, I, I, I probably have never told you this, but the fir- very first time I came to Tucson, I was um, working at a firm up in Phoenix, and I came down here. I was working as a defense attorney at the time, and the, the case that I came down to Tucson on was a case against a fraternity uh, at U of A mm-hmm. where there had been a, a party and people were drinking underage and drinking ex- excessively. And um, a couple of the members were in a car and got into a terrible accident and killed a woman. Wow. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and so at that point, I was a defense attorney. And so I was defend- I was representing the insurance company that was uh, potentially on the hook. <clears throat> but it was, it was a very interesting case for me, especially as a very young attorney, because, um, you know, you, normally you have a car accident, you have like one defendant, and that's the driver. And this, there were so many, I mean, the depositions, I would come down here and there were like eight attorneys because they're all of these different people, like the actual, the national chapter was represented, the local chapter. After. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of actual members of the fraternity. Um, the people had like purchased the alcohol. I think the university was on the hook. I mean, it was like, a, yeah, it was a real learning experience for me. Um, and I just remember at the time, and, and the rules have changed so much. I mean, that was, so this would have been back um, in the late 80s. And um, all of the, the, the laws and the rules within the university had become much oh, stricter yeah. probably as a result of some of yeah. these horrible, horrible incidents. Um, but it was, it was really interesting to, um, you know, to, to kind of look at all of the different angles of liability and kind of uh-huh. flesh out. And, 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 you know, who, you know, again, any 100% of responsibility gets divided up among the different parties. Yeah. So, you know, who's more at fault, who's less at fault. Um, and I think that, you know, some of those cases really uh, made universities put stronger rules and restrictions um, into place. And, and, you know, and these, they vary across the country. There are some um, universities that have completely different and don't even talk about alcohol. There are some mm-hmm. Um, that have really sp- specific details about what, you know, is and isn't allowed as far, you know, what, what borders onto yeah. abuse and that sort of thing. So. Yeah, I know the rules have changed a ton. But because, I mean, even ASU, where there's a lot of fraternities, I mean, technically in their bylaws, there's no hazing. Like, you, you're not allowed to do anything like that. Pledging overall, even if it's um, just you know, a short period where you have to clean houses or just kind of do some of the cleaning or whatever it is after parties that you're not allowed to do that at all, but everyone does. Um, and it's just something that like you kind of know happens, but you got to do it behind closed doors. And then when things go bad, then they go really, really bad because ASU, you know, they they don't care. They're just like, Oh, well look, it's in our bylaws. You know, you're not allowed to do this in the chapters. Well, like you said, they have representatives and they'll have lawyers for the chapter for the Mm -hmm. individual Mm -hmm. himself. Um, and, and it is something where it's like, 
who's who's responsible here? You know, is a person that was responsible, you know, the BDD, the pledge master, maybe it was someone else that did something, but, you know, he knew about it, mm-hmm. the school, the chapter. Um, well, but, I think, and I think that there is responsibility on multiple parties in yeah. those situations, for sure. Um, yeah, well, I'm glad that, that um, you as BDD never got into trouble thank goodness yeah no i mean it was it was something we were definitely very aware of you know uh the president and and even if we we would have kind of meetings with nationals once a semester and they would explain you know what would happen and make sure we're not doing everything anything and we had it like i said keep everything behind closed doors and uh, is well, it? behind closed doors, but I mean, you're talking like cleaning and people aren't cleaning themselves to death or anything like that. No, I mean, I mean but no, there's but you're like, not doing, you, you weren't doing the alcohol things. No, there really. wasn't alcohol, but I mean, there's workout nights. Like workout yeah. nights was, was just like what happened. Like when I was a pledge every single, every week, usually several times a week, you just go to the house and you get there at 10. You'd like just wall sits, runs, push ups, yeah. sit ups, you know, like little trivia th- questionnaire things. Um, just until like you know three or four there's one night we did it till the sun came up that was a tough one Um, (laughs) and then you go to school you go to classes the next day yeah i mean you go to classes and that and that's something that you learn as well as time management because when you know (laughs) when you management i mean how much time do you have to manage if you're up all night well there's if you know that there you can get called on any night to go show up at the house you know that during the day you got to use every moment you got to get your work done homework done whatever it is the last minute because you may be doing push-ups yeah yeah Okay. Interesting stuff. Um, Yeah. I mean, and the sad thing is just that, you know, again, these cases still come up. I mean, here's another one, Um, you know, with everything that's happened, the rules, the laws that have changed, unfortunately, um, it's, it's still going on. So. Very unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I do want to make sure that we kind of get to everything. Last show, we went a little long. Yes, we're not going to do that. We're not going to, we're starting late. We're not going to do that. We don't want the cameras to die. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, let's hop on to um, like an update on a case then. And uh, if we have extra time, we can always come back. Um, Just a quick um, update, and that involves the um, earplug, the 3M earplug cases. Those are the the earplugs that were provided by 3M to the military. Um, They were defective, and a lot of people suffered hearing loss as a result. Um, Those cases have been going on for multiple years now. Um, The thing that's in the news right now is that they, 3M actually tried to file bankruptcy. Um, so it, and it sounded like it was going to be similar to the J&J situation, but it was a little bit different in the sense that they didn't, um, they didn't create an entire yeah. separate subsidiary and try to make that go bankrupt. But what they said is they, because there were several multi-million dollar verdicts, and they said, whoa, whoa, we've got all these verdicts against us, um, so we want to file bankruptcy to protect ourselves. Well, the judge said, look, you aren't, you're not in financial distress. Yes, there are these verdicts against you, but you're also appealing them. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's collected, a, you know, money from you yet. Yeah. Um, potentially, you're looking at a global settlement that you're going to control and figure out the dollar numbers and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. they just said, no, you know, maybe at some point, if you keep getting multi-million dollar verdicts after one, after that, after the other, and you're on the hook for them, maybe you're going to be in a position where you need to, to file bankruptcy down the road. But no, you can't do it now. You can't do this preemptively. Yeah. So I just thought, I thought it was interesting. I mean, these are cases that we've been involved in with the 3M earplugs. Um, and it's just, it, it, it feels like, you know, these companies are kind of, oh, well, they're trying this, they're trying that. Um, you know, and another one of these ways they're trying to 
uh, preemptively get out of this. And yeah. luckily the judges are saying, yeah, no, not yeah. having any of that. Not, yeah. not, not okay. That's good. So. Because, I mean, as soon as they let that happen, then it oh, becomes a standard. Floodgates, right? Rely. I mean, that's everybody's going to try and do that. And, and of course they are. I mean, if there's a way to get out. Yeah. I didn't even know that you could deny bankruptcy. Like if, so, if someone thought that they really needed it and these companies thought they were, they, the judge can just say, no, sorry, you don't get to. Yeah, well, I mean, even, even in personal bankruptcies, I mean, you have to fill out all kinds of paperwork and you have to, I mean, I, you know, I don't handle bankruptcy cases, so I don't know a lot about it, but mm-hmm. I, I do know at least one person who try to file bankruptcy um, a ways back. We won't mention his name, uh, but yeah. <laughs> but you have to fill. I mean, you have to list like every, how many pairs of shoes you have. I mean, oh. they are they are not. Um, you know, you, you can, even on a personal level, you can't just do it to avoid your your yeah. debts. No, I mean, you have to be in, you know in financial dire straits yeah. um, to be allowed to do that. So yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of impressive that they were trying to file it before they even paid a single dollar out. They yes. just. They're getting cold. They're like, holy shit, this could be bad. Let's just let's just fight bankruptcy. And so if they if they allowed that, then they wouldn't owe any of the money. To- oh no no no. They, well, they still would. I mean, yeah. so it, it, in the bankruptcy, then what would happen is that they would go through the bankruptcy process to distribute the assets. Um, and so it, it would. Um, I mean, they they potentially. It's just basically a reorganization is what that they what they wanted to do, and it mm-hmm. would you know in theory protect them and and limit the. It would also stop the lawsuits. I mean, uh-huh. you know. Once the bankruptcy is filed, um, everything is stayed. Any any pending litigation is stayed, mm-hmm. um, and so then they could go through and you know look at resolving those claims yeah. through that system instead. And they were saying that this would be a better way to deal with it. And the judge was like, "Yeah, no." And plus, I don't want that on my plate. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe not like his personal plate, but all the bankruptcy courts. Yeah, I mean, that sounds. Plate pretty massive, especially a large company like that filing for yeah, bankruptcy. There has yeah. to be so many assets to go through and yeah, yeah. So, so many hoops. So interesting effort, but it didn't fly. Ha, boo-hoo. Thank God. <laughs> I know. It's a matter of time until they think of some, some other way to try to preemptively get out of these lawsuits or slow them down at the very least. Yeah, yeah. So we will, we will see about that. Mm-hmm. So on to um, cases that we actually are handling that we're involved in mm-hmm. and um, we are, well, there's a lot of cases. Um, one we're talking about this week is the PFAS chemicals. Um, and we talked about, a little bit about that at, at, at dinner at well, but these as well. But these are these, um, what they call the, the forever chemicals, the chemicals that are getting into groundwater, um, soil, food, um, and, and uh, basically last for pretty much forever, hence the name forever chemicals, yeah, um, and that they can be, you know, extremely dangerous. And one of the big issues is that it's in most of the, um, or a lot of the public water supplies um, and various <clears throat> water companies, water districts, uh, governmental subsidiaries that, that are providing water um, now are, are going to have to um, provide a new filtration. And mm-hmm. it's a very complicated filtration system. It's not um, the same system that's used for, um, say, arsenic, um, TCE, those other types of chemicals. And it's going to be very, very expensive. Um, there have been lawsuits going on for years um, against the companies that produce these chemicals. And what's really come to a head and has been in the news this past week, what was happening is that, that a couple of these companies, or three of the companies, had gotten together and um, were, were getting a settlement together for about $1.2 billion. Mm-hmm. And then 3M, which um, is 
well, allegedly the biggest culprit. Um, is, there was a trial coming up, and they basically on the eve of trial called the trial off, and are working, they're, they're working on a settlement um, purportedly in the range of $10 billion. Jeez. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, you know, when you think about just these chemicals are everywhere, um, most everybody has them in their blood, mm-hmm. um, and, and they're very dangerous. I mean, they're carcinogens. And what's happening are the regulations are changing, and all of these water suppliers are going to have to use these new um, and, and, and very expensive filtration systems to drop the levels of these chemicals. Yeah. And so it's going to be a huge, a huge, huge project. Um, but this is really like seriously breaking news. Um, and so various water districts are getting involved, um, uh, you know, getting representation so that they can maximize their recovery. Again, if they, you know, they're going to have to make these very expensive changes, either they're going to pay out of pocket or they're going to be passing this on to the consumers. And really that shouldn't happen. They should be able to get compensated by these companies that have, that have just, you know, contaminated the water. I mean, they've caused the problem that now, you know, the companies have, now, now the facilities have to clean up and they shouldn't have to pay for that cleanup when it's, Mm. you know, multi-millions of dollars. That's, that's a crazy thing. And it's good that they aren't just throwing it on the consumer. I feel like that does kind of happen a lot with costs as they, you you just kind of see your, your monthly go up and, you know, well, and it may, I mean, it may, I mean, again, if, if if the companies don't get involved in the settlement, um, you know, potentially they, they may be passing it on. And, and, and some places have higher levels of these chemicals than others and are going to require a lot more work than mm-hmm. others. So it's a very individual um, individual situation. Yeah, it's interesting that it's, you know, several water suppliers, but it's a variety of different locations and areas. I'm assuming this is kind of just across the country, right? Well, it's across the country. I mean, there are different chemicals that are going to be in higher concentrations in different areas. But one of the really fascinating things that I had learned about this is that they can, they can, they can know. I mean, the, these chemicals have these like DNA kind of prints. Mm-hmm. They know exactly what company is responsible for what company. If they find it in your blood, they can tell you it was 3M, wow. it was DuPont. They, they know. Yeah. I mean, these are very, you know, very specific and patented and, and you know, very individual chemicals. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, that's kind of cool. I mean, you know who, who did it. And, and there may be, in certain situations, there may be, you know, multiple chemicals that are um, in, in a water supply in a particular area. But then you know which two defendants are, on, are responsible and should be on the hook for it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's not only is it cool, it's kind of terrifying at the same time. It is. If they can look at, you know, a blood sample of yours and see specific chemicals in there and know, wow, you know, this only exists from this water plant. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of shocking. Or this company's chemicals, yeah. yeah, that then is coming through a particular water plant. But I mean, it's not just, I mean, it, it, I mean, it's in the water, but then it gets into the soil. So then the animals, oh, livestock, yeah. and then it's in the meat that you're eating. It's in the milk that you're drinking. I mean, it's these things are just everywhere. I mean, it's yeah. really kind of terrifying. It snowballs. Yes, yes. And, 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 and so finally, you know, it's, it's coming to the point where the government is saying, whoa, not cool. This is, th- these are chemicals that are killing people mm-hmm. and we need to stop it. And how do we stop it? Well, we have to stop, you know, the, the water suppliers, first of all. You guys have to clean it up. But now, you know, for them, they need to go step back and say, all right, who, 
cause the problem that we're cleaning up and yeah. hopefully collect from them. And that's that's one of the things that we're getting involved in, um, helping get those situations set up and make sure that, that any of the companies that are interested can maximize their recovery in the settlement. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a massive case, billions of dollars, yeah. $10 billion. I mean, that's just an unimaginable amount yeah, of money. Yeah, probably total at least 12 between the, yeah. the couple of settlements. And and for these filtration systems, I'm assuming they're just, they're going to be expensive to make oh, for them million, to create. Oh, million, multi-millions of dollars. Yeah. Like I said, it's a whole new system. It's not, the, the systems that have been used for other chemicals in the past aren't working for these. Yeah, I mean, that, I'm assuming that's kind of why they waited so long and they kind of need the slap on the wrist now yeah. to get moving on it. Um, but <laughs> at the same time, I think they would probably prefer to pay a few million to recreate it than 12 billion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, those, so a lot of the cases are with the various water districts, but individuals also can bring claims um, against these companies. And there are some very specific injuries that uh, there's probably a lot of things that are being caused by this. But the science has, has caught up to a few of them and, and can, really, uh, can really link it up. And the, the conditions right now that, that we're accepting personal injuries, mm-hmm. specific individual cases on um, involve testicular cancer, kidney cancer, liver cancer, prostate cancer, and ulcerative colitis. And on these, you know, if you have this condition, again, you can have a blood test that can determine if these chemicals are in your system and could have contributed to this condition. Obviously, people can get these cancers and these conditions that aren't related to Mm -hmm. these chemicals, but you you can find out if it is. I mean, it involves a blood test, um, but this may have caused or contributed. And um, if that's the case, um, you know, if you're interested in getting more information, certainly reach out to us. Um, and we'd be, we'd be glad to, to help you out with that. Yeah. I mean, that is some a terrifying list of, of conditions that yeah. it can result in. Um, is this settlement going to go towards individuals that were affected or is it going towards um, the companies that, you know, have to kind of clean it up afterwards in their local areas? You know, how is this money actually getting distributed and... Um, I guess, yeah. Well, I don't know for sure yet, and that's because these things haven't been finalized, but the trial has been called off, and they've said, whoa, whoa, stop, let's not litigate this, we're going to get this settlement put together. Mm-hmm. So we don't know for sure, but we do know that that both individuals and the water districts, um, water companies, will they have claims. And so they certainly, you know, exactly how that's going to work out in these settlements is left to, left to be seen as it gets finalized. But but both both types of plaintiffs certainly do have claims and will be able to um, pursue those claims. Yeah, it's interesting, too, that they canceled it on the eve. Uh-huh. It, it makes me think that maybe it's just so much worse. They didn't want people like digging around and it kind of going on public record about all these chemicals, just how contaminated the water is. And it, it reminds me of Flint, you know, and that uh-huh. entire yeah. um, thing went down where yeah. they were getting brown water coming out, which is crazy, too, is it's still it's still toxic. Yeah. Yeah. But no one talks about it. Yeah. It's just kind of overlooked now. Well, I know I don't know. I mean, I did. I, I, there was somebody speaking on that at a conference not too long ago, but I'm not sure what the exact status is on that. I should check into it just because it yeah. is. I am curious, kind of in, in this context. Um, for for these cases, where are there you know extra? Are there areas that are like extra toxic that are that have gone much worse than other ones? And maybe if you live in those areas, you should kind of be keeping an eye out. Well, so it really depends on the specific you know water district and and all of them. I think it's um, if there's over. 
is it over a million people? I can't recall the exact number now, but depending on the size um, um, uh, of the facility that they have to do this testing. And so that information is available. I mean, I can look up and find out, you know, what, what the levels are of these chemicals, you know, at various places. Um, but literally, I mean, it's going to vary all across the country. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, and I, 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 I mean, I use bottled water. Um, we even feed the dogs bottled water. I always, you know, Peter, I always catch them like, trying to give the dogs water out of the sink. I'm like, damn it, stop it. Very bougie dogs. Well, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want my dogs getting cancer from, <laughs> That's fair. from tap water. Um, you know, so anyway, but it's expensive. I mean, that's another expense. And, and a lot of people, you know, can't add that expense onto their, their monthly overhead. And so yeah. there are a lot of people, a lot of kids, you know, are getting exposed um, through the water. I mean, that's, that's the biggest way of being exposed. I mean, there are other ways as well. Like we said, I mean, it's in, you know, our fruits and vegetables, our whole food supply, yeah. you know, um, you know, the animals, I mean, the whole, the whole nine yards. And, and Arizona tap water is especially bad. I mean, it, it was well, it's not brown. It's not brown. Okay. Well, that's just extreme, but, uh, I know it's, it's pretty bad comparatively through, uh, compared to the country. Um, I remember the first time I went to New York and everyone was just drinking water straight out of the tap and it was just normal. I was like, that's it's insane. But then I tried it and I was like, I can actually taste a difference between Arizona tap water and New York tap water. So um, down in Sonoida, where we are halftime, we have our own well. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting there, too, because, I mean, the water tastes completely different. Than yeah. It is here. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely noticeable, which is kind of another thing to be a little scary. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> like, I, if, like my, I like my bottled water. I know it's kind of sounds... Sounds ridiculous, but I mean, I'm with you. I on drink that. a lot of water. I have to drink a lot. When we were in the desert, for God's sakes, we got to drink oh. a lot of water. So it's better better to be safe than sorry. And I'm a big gallon fan. I like uh, <laughs> buying those gallons. Well, it's because water bottles are too tiny, especially if you get the baby ones. Those little baby. Yeah, ones. Who gets baby ones? Except if you're like in an office. Uh, yeah, but it's absurd. You can slam one of those in one sip. Even normal water bottles, you can slam it in like two two gulps. Uh, <laughs> That's impressive. That must be all that college drinking. <laughs> Good practice. Uh, but the gallons, you know, you always got to buy. You got plenty of, of supply with you, and you don't have to worry about running out in the middle of the day. But then it gets hot. See, I like I like my water bottles I like, like this guy. Yeah. Because I put lots of ice in there, and I put a little pink salt for extra hydration purposes, and then it matches also. Oh, it matches my pink um, water bottle, and it matches my pink blouse today. Oh, and my yeah. pink lips. I'm very pink today. Maybe it's for the Barbie movie because that is coming out. So. Is it? Uh, I haven't heard anything about that. I'm shocked. I know you're a big Barbie <laughs> fan, though. Yeah. So. I know we've gotten a few questions as well, but something that you told me earlier this week, and we've mentioned on the podcast, is that we've been looking and figuring out the scholarship situation. Yes, yes. We have a scholarship winner, which we actually have already announced on uh, on social media. Um, her name is Mackenzie Cosette, um, and she is at the University of Connecticut. Um, very, very impressive resume, and she wrote an excellent essay. Um, and, and, you know, it was really hard, actually, because I personally read yeah. 
I went through every single resume. And, and I mean, I'm kind of shocked that we, I mean, we had like hundreds of people apply. Yeah, you showed me the stack that I, you had to yeah, go through. That was just, that was a partial stack that I was looking through that, that day. I mean. And I was, I was like, I don't know how you do it. That's a lot of reading of different essays and application. I mean, everything. That, well, it was, but I mean, I figure if somebody takes the time and I, and you know, we were, Danny and I were talking about this. I mean, you know, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, what's the world coming to? And what are kids doing? To, and I was like, wow, this is really amazing that so many people really made this effort. I mean, they provided their resume, they yeah. provided um, an essay, um, transcripts, a whole nine yards. I mean, I was very Im- impressed. Um, and it was really, really hard. Yeah. Um, it was really hard. And there were so many um, just just great and well-qualified students out there. Um, so, you know, I have to, ho- hopefully we'll do this, do this again. Um, but uh, I, I was able to speak with McKinsey also, just got that check out. Actually, it is in the mail. So, um, but, but she was very impressive. Um, as I said, she's at University of, of Connecticut, um, expected to graduate in May of 2025 um, with a major in political science and law and, and, law and society. Mm-hmm. Um, so wow. anyway, I'm very excited to kind of see where she goes yeah. and, uh, and, and kind of relieved that, um, that we finally made the decision. It was a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, you've, been, you've been going through those applications for a few weeks now. Um, I'm sure there was a lot of impressive individuals I as know, well. Really was. What, what made Mackenzie stand out? Well, I mean, her resume is very, very impressive. Um, I really liked, I really liked her essay, and I just really liked some of um, the activities that she was involved in. Um, you know, we, it was our women's equality squalor, scholarship, scholarship, <laughs> scholarship, um, and so she was involved in uh, empowering women in law. Was mm. one of them. It kind of jumped out to me. Um, she's been on the dean's list. Um, you know has an interest in, in the law. Obviously, she's um, honors program, just a bunch of stuff. Um, and, and just very, um, when I spoke with her, she was just um, very, very sweet, very uh, interesting, very committed. And um, I'm just kind of excited to be able to help a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in, inspire people who are interested in women's equality. No, I, th- I think that's a great topic. And um, I think it's, it's any, and anything helps, you know, when you're going through. Well, that's true, too. I mean, I know, I mean, I had scholarships and student loans and all kinds of things. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it takes a lot. And I mean, my gosh, it's just so expensive these days. It's yeah. Yeah, getting crazier and crazier all the time. Yeah, and the value of a degree is going down. Well, I don't know about that. Well, I think it's it's still it's good to have. Don't get me wrong. It's almost that's almost you almost have to. I mean, at this yeah. point, I mean, it's kind that's of a almost thing. a bare minimum sometimes. You know, that's the thing though. Is like it used to be. You know, you get a college education, you you're gonna find a good job somewhere. Yeah. Now, when you come out of college, yeah. I mean, you're yeah. you're probably gonna find something slightly above minimum wage. If and yeah. depending on where what area you're in, you know, there's a lot of specifics. I know finance. A lot of my finance friends, they're pretty pretty quick to find a, a job same with accounting and yeah. those areas no maybe you're right i mean actually you probably it, it probably does make sense that the value has has gone down i mean it, it, it's, it is different mm-hmm. so but the price keeps going up <laughs> value down price up uh, that's not <laughs> unfortunate yeah yeah so um 
questions. Um, and again, we're going to probably wrap up before too long. We don't want to go over again, but um, we've had, had a few questions. But the biggest thing that has been coming up and the calls that we have been receiving recently have to do with those CPAP machines. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I know it's not just the podcast, but I, I guess there must be other other things going on out there, other, other places that people are hearing about this and getting concerned again. Um, but we have been getting a lot of calls just specifically asking how, you know, what's this process? What do I do? Um, you know, how do I find out if my machine has been recalled and what are the steps to be getting this replaced? Uh, but it, it is Philips. You go through the Philips company to mm-hmm. check basically whether your machine is one of the ones that have been recalled and then to get that process started if yeah. you have not yet to get a replacement or repair um, on the machine. So it's apparently still a big issue. Um, I mean, this has been going on. Um, since 2021, and and yet a lot of people are still just hearing about it, not familiar with it, um, and not getting you know in line to get their their yeah. Their I was I was gonna say they're getting in line because yeah, you know it's good to start. They're way behind. It, they're way behind. Yeah, you, the earlier. I mean, you're not you're just not gonna be able to get a machine right away, and that's why it's important to kind of get your name in there because um, as they begin to catch up, hopefully they eventually do catch up to the demand. Yeah. Of replacing these machines, uh, it's a majority of CPAP machines, right? Oh, most of them. Most yeah, of yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, most of them, and there's just millions and millions, um, you know. And and again, you want to be able to get um, it replaced as soon as possible because most of these conditions are conditions that that um, you know the, the repetitive exposure to these chemicals and mm-hmm. you know and to this this broken down foam, um, you know, I mean the, the cancers, these sorts of things. I mean, they don't occur overnight. But the more that you're exposed, um, you know, the longer longer period, the more likely that you are to to um, you know come down with one of these diseases that are pretty pretty serious and pretty scary. Yeah, I keep thinking about something you mentioned when we first discussed it was is some some individuals actually have black little pieces of foam in their lungs. Right. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. that is just insane that it's not even like quickly deteriorating. It's it's going into your lungs and it's just hanging out there. Well, it's just breaking down. And then once it's in your lung, it's going to be stuck there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless you're having surgery and removing lobes and things like that, then ugh, yeah. I know it's very scary. I mean, just I'm very happy that I don't need the CPAP. Yeah. Well, and and it's good that people are asking questions and reaching out mm-hmm. because I mean, it's something that it seems like a majority, like you said, a majority of these CPAP machines are are experiencing. And if if you have sleep apnea and you're on a machine, more than likely, you know, you're gonna. It's better for you to check it out yeah. and 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 look into it. And you know, we're over here to spread the good word and make sure that yeah. everyone's aware of it. Absolutely. And like I said, Danny's been taking a lot of calls and um, she's very sweet. Just, you know, here's how to do it. And she's been some a lot of older people and she just walks them through step by step and mm-hmm. exactly what they can do. Get onto the website. Here's what you do here. Um, and again, we're happy to help with anything like that. Um, and it may not be that you, you may not have a case at this point. I mean, hopefully you haven't uh, contracted any of these diseases. Um, but again, you want to be, be in a position to stop using that machine Um you know, that particular one, start using another one, hopefully. Um, yeah. Although some people can can wean themselves off with, you know, with different lifestyle changes. But check with your doctor about that. Don't don't, don't stop without talking yeah. to your, to a medical professional. We are not medical professionals. No, we are not. Uh, I mean, I might be married to one, but I'm not one myself. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> Better safe than sorry. Always check in with your doctor. Um, but hopefully, I mean, like you said, we, we don't really talk about it anywhere else other than on the podcast. So it's seeming like... A lot of people that are hearing about this is, is from from our platform. 
I don't know. I hope so. Hopefully. But, uh, hey, people, tell us you're there. Send us a message. Say hello. Send us a question. Yeah. Or just, just give us five stars. I mean, that works too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we love questions as well. Um, getting into, you know, the other questions, because I always kind of keep an eye out on YouTube, on TikTok, uh, because we get a variety. Sometimes, you know, we get a few, it's, a lot of them aren't questions. Usually they're just kind of comments or reactions to... Sometimes nasty comments or insults, but yeah, yeah that's okay. There's always going to be haters. Yeah, you got to expect that, honestly. That's what comes along with being on the internet. I think there was somebody who said that I had been dropped on my head or something. Yeah, I mean, I think... <laughs> I, I, I don't think I was. But. No, I think so. the topics that we, we go over sometimes, uh, they might be some sort sort areas for some people, so... <laughs> Is that a euphemism? <laughs> no, no, I just think they might be like, oh, yeah. you know, I don't know. I, don't, I thought you are referring to the vacuum cleaner cases in some oh, area. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Okay. Not at all, not at all. Uh, what what other questions have we have we been getting though? Um, well, the CPAP one is the biggest one. I mean, we did have a lot of people commenting about the the vacuum cleaner case and arguing that that was not the case. And um, and actually, I did um, respond to some um, on some of the posts, just uh, you know, with some of these PubMed articles because these articles about this situation. I mean, it's not like any. It's it's not just some schlunky you know New York Post or yeah. you know something like that. I mean, these are published medical journals. Um, Peer reviewed. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I tell you. I mean, it, you know, I mean, it's un, and it's unfortunate that that this is such a common situation that that these doctors have to write articles about. Well, when you first <laughs> to told share me the information with other doctors who are going to see this. Yeah, I mean, when you first told me, I thought I thought that was just a myth. Like, I didn't really yeah. think that was something that was a common issue that people were experiencing. Uh, but when you mentioned, you know, there are very official journals, peer reviewed, peer revealed, reviewed peer-reviewed yeah, yeah. Uh, journals about it. I mean, that's not something you can just come up with and make up. Like, No, if, and you're not going to write an article unless that's a pretty big problem. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to write an article because one guy was stupid and put his penis into a vacuum cleaner. Yeah. That, that is not going to be, a, you know, a medical journal article. No, there's going to be multiple, multiple people with a similar injury that then you have to share the treatment and the, you know, what, yeah. <laughs> basically what to do. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and I know it's it can be unbelievable at times. I mean, when we went over to the Tylenol as well oh, in one yeah. of our early episodes, I mean, a lot of the stuff that we talk about is is shocking. Like, right. you, it, it almost unbelievable that companies are doing this or individuals are, are doing these things. Yeah. Um, but, you know, everything that we talk about, there's a reason behind it. You know, we do the research. We, we know that it is something that's a real problem. Um, I mean, we're not here... Pulling, putting out fake news. We, 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 <laughs> I know you're paranoid about fake news. Um, We're not going to be guilty of that. Uh, oh, no, 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 not at all. I, no. I know there's plenty of fake news. Uh, <laughs> they don't need anybody else. They don't need a podcast. I, I refuse to add to the problem. <laughs> okay. We will not. Well, anyway, yeah, but, but feel free. If you're skeptical about something, I have no problem with you reaching out. Um, we're happy to provide the support for it. I mean, quite mm -hmm. frankly, you can just Google that one and you'll find those articles. But, um, you know, again, we're happy to, to provide support for any of the information that we provide here yeah. on prioritizing profits. Yeah, we always uh, recommend, you know, if uh, you want to, if you're interested and want to do that extra research, we want to make sure you got the resources for it. Yes, absolutely. You want to read some of those medical articles or yeah, right, go for it. Okay, um, so next week we're going to talk about the bear hugger um, forced air warming blanket, um, which results in deep 
joint infections. And this is a litigation that's been going on for a really long time, um, but it is a current one. Um, uh-huh. Cases are still being signed up and something that we've been involved in for many, many years. So we're going to hit on that as far as our main topic next week. And of course, all kinds of interesting things in the news, some things we didn't have a chance to get to this week. And, uh, yeah. you know, hopefully something that will be be crazy and interesting and make you skeptical and ask questions about. Yeah. And, and with uh, the bear hugger case, especially, I really think that it's an interesting one, you know, how they kind of realized that it was a problem and the science behind it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was shocked that that was something you can kind of piece together and connect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll get into the, the details on that next week and see if there are skeptical people out there. We're happy to provide studies if there are. Yeah. We, we, We aim to serve and educate. It's our mission. <laughs> I think we're going to close out here. I think it's a good stopping point. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in and, and hanging out with us on prioritizing profits, dangerous drug, and product cases. Um, we'll be back next week. We will. Wednesday Same as place, usual. Same time. Yeah. Well, hopefully a little earlier, actually. Hopefully I will charge the cameras and we'll start earlier. <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed, fingers crossed. But, um, you know, whatever platform you're seeing us on, throw us a like, subscribe, follow, you know, on Facebook, throw a comment, whatever it is. You know, throw out a question. We always love answering questions. And even we if um, it's something that you're just shocked by. You know, or you want to hear more about. Hey, I'll tell more fraternity stories. <laughs> I love <laughs> I bet you will. <laughs> I love talking about them. You just love talking. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> All um, right. But yeah, with that being said, I think uh, we're going to close out. Thank you, everyone, again. Thanks right. a lot. See you next week. Prioritizing profit. Prioritizing, prioritizing profit. Dangerous drug and product cases.